This week on The Lasting Podcast, we're going to talk about the Oscars 2019. Hello and welcome to another awesome episode of The Lasting Podcast. Where Hello. We talk about movies and everything. Hello there, Tom Eccentric Tom. Yes, I'm the one who's standing again. on people this time around. Yay. All right, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so this is obviously your co-host, Mr. Toffee, and obviously joining me is co-host... Eccentric Tom and Eccentric? Dr. Shafiq. You're really eccentric, eccentric. my name. Oh, sorry, sorry. I said eccentric, so it must be a tongue Let's just all right? introduce ourselves. Hi, everybody. <laughs> this is best adapted co-host, <laughs> Shafiq. This is best original co-host, Eccentric Tom. And this is not so great host, Mr. Toffee. <laughs> obviously, for blundering up the earlier bits here and there. I would have given you best foreign co-host. <laughs> <laughs> okay, best foreign co-host, yes. Because <laughs> I don't know where I am. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, you're right here with us in the Last yes. King Studios. Yeah, absolutely. So awesome, absolutely awesome. And in, case you, and in case you couldn't tell, we're going to be talking about what just transpired a few hours ago. At which time was... of recording, yeah, we've literally just watched the Oscars. And now we're going to talk about it. Because it's fresh The 91st in Academy Awards, yeah. It's 81st, yeah, right? 91st. 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 There's been yes. 91 of these. So, boys. A lot of them, yes. Uh, let's talk about the the brand new thing. Uh, no host. What do y'all think? Uh, Whatever. You know what? I enjoyed it. It didn't feel like such a drag anymore. <laughs> it's like yeah. a nice space, you know, like instead of like people forcefully just trying to come out with something funny to fill up the dead air. I mean, nobody can be a Billy Crystal, right? You know, nobody can be a Hugh Jackman back in the day. So. Mm. Yeah, just do this. I mean, I would rather the guys who arrange this for the next few years or next year just keep at it. I mean, don't save the money for production values, right? And, so. and speaking of saving the money, how did you boys watch the Oscars this time? Did any of you get <laughs> the ABC app? I, I watched the replay. <laughs> That's I, how I saved my money. <laughs> I opened my Twitter and I followed Oscars. <laughs> Oh, but did they give you like video clips for you to watch? Uh, yes, but uh, I tried to click on the video and I said, this video is not available in your region. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, because mm. woo, licensing rights. This episode is brought to you by whatever VPN is willing to sponsor us <laughs> so yeah. we can watch yeah, the Oscars yeah. properly this time. Hey, NordVPN, if you're listening. Uh, Nord- oh, you're a NordVPN guy? Yeah. I'm a Tunnel Bear guy. <laughs> tunnel Bear, yeah. I like Aww. a cute mascot. There's something yeah. oddly really sexual cute. about that too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought about it, but I found it was a bit more expensive than NordVPN. Mm, okay, so you know whoever's gonna pay for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so boys, let's uh go straight into the nitty gritty. Uh, we're gonna be definitely discussing all the wins and all the losers. Not and every single one. Well, not every single one. We're just know, not everyone cares about the ones aspects. that matter. You yeah. know, the ones. Let, that let's just talk about the marquee categories, and then uh, pretty much later on in the episode, we'll be talking about uh the snubs or the movies we felt uh, didn't get their chance. And definitely but should have, it. damn it. Yes, yeah. they which have. is can be translated as who's gonna bring up hereditary first? Uh, me. <laughs> yeah, the horror guy. The horror guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoiler: the guy who was in a black metal band <laughs> brings up hereditary. Anyway, yeah, yeah. speaking of black metal bands, Green Book. <laughs> Wait, oh, oh we, you, wanna, you wanna start with best picture? Okay, we're gonna go straight into it. Uh, so for best right picture, for the yep. Green Book decided to uh win it this time. I mean, decided is the wrong word to use, but the Academy decided to give Green Book the winner. Uh, a lot of people, especially in Twitter, who have no taste in movies, wanted Black Panther to win. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people who had taste in movies who wanted Roma to win. Or Black Clansman. Or Black Clansman, which is not that great, but... Still a fine movie, no, just not uh, upper echelon. It's fine, It's yeah. a great movie with a shitty last 10 minutes. Yes, and uh, of course, those with uh, actual uh, 
tasted movies really wanted the favorite to win because oh yeah hands down favorite i think the favorite was my favorite <laughs> that was my favorite too i mean or roma as well either way like oh, yeah. for roma me just, i was yeah. yeah i was seriously rooting for either roma or the favorite but i think it's a little bit too i don't know what the word is uh too auteurish too intellectual too smart for uh the Oscars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll just say it right there because, okay, let, let's go right at it. Okay, I'm gonna go for the jugular here. Roma didn't win because it's a Netflix production and it has no studio backing which is making mm-hmm. it very difficult to campaign this movie. Yeah, and it's also, it's a very personal film about, I mean, when you boil down, before I carry on, I love Roma. I really, I think we really all love, love Roma. Roma. Yeah, we did, we did. probably one of my favourite movies in the last few years. But it is a film about something where not a great deal happens story-wise. True that, but a lot of things happen visually. A lot yeah. of things happen on the... I mean, to me, Roma, compared to everything else on this list, right? It's like, also, emotionally, it hits damn hard. God, oh, damn yeah, it did. It no, did. Just that, oh. okay, I don't know if it, it could be a spoiler, but that final scene on the beach. Yeah, I mean, when I finally... Because that's the uh, picture you see in um, Netflix when you open it. It's the poster. Yeah, yeah so when the you poster. finally see what caused that, I was like, oh my God, this is... I watched this with Yvonne, my wife, and she said, I've never seen that kind of display of love for someone who's not your family on screen before. How about you, Mr. Toffee? Your thoughts on Green Book winning? Uh, not really a fan, considering that the film itself... I mean, I'm kind of surprised that uh, Peter Farley directed it. I mean, the guy who did Dumb and Dumber and uh, Kingpin actually and got something 43. serious out. Yes, yes. Uh, that, that Let, Let's talk, talk about Movie 43. He's the yeah, genius please, who gave please. us something about Mary, okay? One of the funniest movies okay. of all time. Yes, okay. it is, it is. And then he, it's downhill after that. <laughs> but, it's, but it's a nice headline to have. Farley brother movie won Oscar. Did you hear about the drama between him and his other brother? How they didn't split amicably at all like there's a lot of tension between the both of them I've heard some r- rumblings here and there yeah, yeah. So. so it's like I mean I'm not too sure what's going on because uh, all my information also comes from the rumor mill but definitely uh, it's nice to see another guy who is basically known for his comedies uh, win a serious movie or John Peele yeah he's the one right yeah oh yeah forget out yeah, Wait, yeah. what's the name of the friend who's not doing anything right now oh Keegan-Michael Key oh wasn't he in Perdita <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that other show on Netflix that nobody cares about oh Friends from College uh, Friends in College yeah. yeah that's a terrible show uh, <laughs> I mean I actually quite enjoyed Green Book for what it was I mean, I can't speak for the various other problematic issues that people have talked about. I mean, I'm not one to talk about it, but as a road trip movie, it was entertaining because of the charisma of Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali. That I agree. Those, yeah. two, those, those two carried the entire film, 100%. Everything else was kind of weak source, but hey, you know. I mean, like the the reason why I'm really against Green Room taking this is basically. Green Room? I mean, sorry, my bad. Green now, Book. If Green Room had won Best Picture, I would not. Have <laughs> movie that was made that. five years ago won Best Picture finally. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Anton Yelchin gets the posthumous Oscar. Oh. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Green Book. I'm sorry. It's not that great a movie, but no. it's bolstered by very strong performances. And like, if you want to say some of its parts, when you want to give uh, an Oscar to something, or you want to like proclaim something as best picture, I mean, the performances are fantastic, but I don't think the rest of the movie holds up well enough to from even warrant. Like, from a technical standpoint, it's competent, but not exactly groundbreaking. I mean, even from a storytelling standpoint, it's uh, I mean, it's very trite, it's very Oscar beaty. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, it, 
like I've mentioned a few times, is like it the screenplay doesn't matter. If you have the right actor just to deliver the lines, then you get movie magic right yeah. there. Uh, and I mean also like if you want to say comparison sake right there are two other movies on this list that are superior in so many other ways oh yeah I mean the fact that The Favourite didn't win or Roma didn't win is a goddamn travesty I know that right mm, it is shit it is. even even if Black Panther I would don't think they deserved it but it would deserve it more than Green Book for sure I would say yeah out of all of this no, actually no the least deserving is Bohemian Rhapsody oh for sure because <laughs> here's my hot take Bohemian Rhapsody is a shit movie it's a terrible made movie with a very good 10 minutes at the end. I would say Bohemian Rhapsody is formulaic as fuck. It is very pain by numbers biopic. And if it wasn't Queen, I wouldn't care at all. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's, the, the name Queen was enough for people to actually take notice and maybe even sort of have it on board this show because... Again, Rami Malek, I mean, we know him as like this... Uh, Mr. Robot, right? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Robot and all that. You or know, having him the guy up there from nominated. Until Dawn. Or the guy from Until yeah, Dawn. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that too. That's a really good throwback, yes. <laughs> throwback. Throwback to four years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah, four years, yes. <laughs> oh, Mr. Toffee is kind of like losing it right now. Yeah. It's that Alzheimer's, Toffee. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> take, Alzheimer's. Take yes. your medication. No, no, but... We're going to have to retire you. I mean... Blade Runner style. <laughs> oh my god. Old, old yellow style? Oh man. Old yellow style? No, we're not going to do <laughs> old yellow style. With a shotgun and shit. No, I'm going to fire into the sun. Ooh. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the way to go. So, I mean, like, basically... I'm gonna go around the table uh, so uh, John if you had to choose one movie for best picture out of this list which one? it will still have to okay one film probably the favourite because I kind of like the dynamic between all three characters and it also brings up a really nice part of Eng- English history per se about Queen Anne when she's kind of not stable because she's getting sick and stuff mm. just that part Especially being shot by the guy who did Killing of the Sacred Deer and <laughs> the, the Lobster. lobster. <laughs> it's which is actually, you know, like. It's, let's not. Uh, let's, not oh, let's not forget Dogtooth. Yeah, yeah. Last yeah, defense. Yeah, let's not, let's Watch Dogtooth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Best yeah. incest since Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> really good, really good. I mean, that's a standout. I mean, and it also touches upon, like, a really not so well publicized part of history, even though it's on Wikipedia or in your history books. So, yeah, good shot. Good, good job there with that film yeah I would actually agree because much as you know Roma beautiful 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 movie but just everything about the favourite just works so damn well I, I would mean, say yeah the only downsides are little nit- nitpicks I mean like there are two things about the favourite that kind of annoyed me number one is the overuse of that fisheye lens which I found mm. kind of distracting I mean once or twice is fine but the I think they used it five or six times. Yeah. But also, uh, I will also say this, right? The favorite is the kind of movie that I don't really want to share with the world. I want to be a little bit pretentious about it because the yeah. favorite to me, <laughs> it feels like the kind of movie that I would love it even more if it didn't get this kind of attention. But then at the same time, I would really like to see the director, uh, Jorgon Lanthimos. Jorgon Lanthimos. Lanthimos. I'm sorry, yeah. sir. Okay, I love your films. Everyone has been amazing. Uh, but... Like, I'm just very curious to see like now that he's got a little bit more clout and a little bit more mm. uh, I would say you know this would definitely open more doors for him and I would like to see where he goes from here because to me like my pick would definitely be Roma because on a technical level on a storytelling level uh, and just the, the sheer scale of this film mm. 
And it's it's strange to think, right, that you'll see like a two hundred million dollar film like say Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. And at any point in time you don't see more than five people on screen except for that one battle sequence. Yeah. And you mm. see something like Roma and then they, yeah, you had to choreograph an entire riot to provide a backdrop for an even more intimate scene happening in a shopping center is like Yeah, I mean I try to think of the last movie which had over a thousand people on screen. I can't think of it. Waterloo <laughs> maybe? Yeah, that's why they had to get the Russian army to uh, <laughs> take part in it. I mean, this is like Kubrick levels of madness. Yeah, because it's it's like old school filmmaking, uh, pure storytelling, and I do understand that maybe the current generation or like I would say what the modern demographic of film going audiences will find something like Roma a little bit too long in the tooth, a little bit hard to appreciate because it does it's a movie that really takes its time yeah it's a very slow start so the first 10 minutes are a bit of a drag i didn't feel that way i felt i mean the movie was about two hours ish i mean i know it feels that way but watching it i mean i guess compared to other older films back in the day i think this is actually kind of short which is good i kind of like that i mean like i'm on your side there because i i'm like i'm speaking on behalf of like what a a younger modern audience might feel about films like roma Mm. Uh, whereas like for somebody like me this like harkens back to times of like say italian neorealism with the works of fellini or like i mean uh when shots mattered lah you know cinematography has when yeah you you let the shots linger because you wanted the emotion to really um no permeate, percolate, and just really, you know, encompass the entire scene. I mean, it's so refreshing to see something like this, like take on some very old school kind of techniques. And at the same time, it's like it's very rare where like every single composition matters to the storytelling, to the mm. emotion, to the direction of the characters. And it's like I would say, I mean, I really wanted Roma to win. I was rooting for it all the way. I wouldn't have minded the favorite one either. And like Green Book is actually next to Black Klansman, the two movies like I don't think deserve any attention. And, oh wow. And this is coming from a guy who really dislikes Black Panther. Wow. <laughs> because the thing is, this is the Last King Podcast. We loves us our comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean like uh Black Panther Black Panther isn't even the best superhero movie to come out that year. No. No. And the thing is, right, I would rather remove Green Book, Black Panther, and Black Klansman. What about Bohemian Rhapsody? Bohemian Rhapsody also because like I can definitely think of a, like five or like six other movies yeah. to replace. Oh them. yeah, that should be there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we I can harp on this, but no. But then like at the same time, we're gonna save that for much later in the episode. Well, we'll talk about our snubs. Yeah, we talk about like the movies we felt didn't get any attention. Speaking of not getting any attention, best director. Well, at least he won for direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah. And it would be seriously an utter travesty because on a technical level, I mean, just based on what he had to pull off, you know, in, in terms of not just like creating like the shots, not like just navigating through like all the people and all like the, the production. And I mean, like when you look at Roma, you, you, you see like, it's an entire village bu- putting this thing together. It, yeah. it doesn't really feel like the efforts of just like a couple of like you know artists or a couple of like uh, designers it, it yeah. really feels like this is the only movie I felt this year that had a very true and personal vision for sure that I was like properly formulated and also executed yeah and second to that would definitely be the favorite I guess I mean well yeah that, I'm, I'm just being biased but yeah. yeah hey it's fine I, you know I would 
I would say that of the two, much as I love me Yorgos and, and his uh, directing style, Quaron definitely deserved this win. Yeah, I mean, like, I think Yorgos is definitely what you would call... I mean, he's an actor-director. Yeah. I, like, I'm not a fan of his cinematography or the way he frames his shots, mm. but I definitely like what he gets out of his actors and out of the performances. Yeah. Like, if you think of, like, just all the movies he's done, like, even, like, from Sacred Deer or even, like, The Lobster, they're just so different. He doesn't yeah. have that kind of, like, style that you will immediately assume... Like say for example like a Wes Anderson or M. Night Shyamalan mm-hmm. where the actors act a certain way because that's what the director wants. Mm-hmm. Whereas Yorgos basically like everything he does serves the story. And seriously like props to him for giving uh, Olivia Coleman <laughs> that one chance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> much deserved which we'll, we'll talk about much later. For sure. For yeah. sure. Otherwise uh, Spike Lee once again uh, getting no love. Eh. I mean like he he had his shot I would say, I mean, he did get his honorary Oscar back in 2016. Mm. Uh, what for? For just being Spike Lee. Oh, okay. That's for, the, for doing films for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. it's so basically. Please stop scowling at us. It's the equivalent of like the Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. And I think he did win, like, I think he won the same award. He won Best Screenplay for, I, I don't know if it was Do the Right Thing or it was something else. Yeah. Uh, I could be wrong, but I know he was definitely snubbed back in the day, back in 92 for Malcolm X. Mm. He definitely deserved, like that film definitely deserved to be uh, nominated for Best Picture. I would have taken away Scent of a Woman. Scent of a Woman was a, a horrible movie. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I don't think it would have won because it was up against The Unforgiven. It was up against Silence of the Lambs, A Few Good Men. That was a year for film that, back that in 92. That was a lovely year. Yeah, yeah. 92 yeah. was a crowded, crowded I think only 97 was more crowded in terms of like excellent pictures to choose from. Yeah, definitely. But then again, 97, nobody could like stand in the way of the juggernaut that was Titanic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, nobody had a chance. Like a literal fucking Titanic it just like shoved through the competition. <laughs> like it, a giant iceberg crashing into the Oscars. It, it's literally Ooh. just James Cameron and his like, like this check of residuals with way too many zeros. He's like, yeah, yeah what are you going to do? I mean, it would take maybe like I think the only thing that would I would equate to that was like when Peter Jackson got it for the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I mean, it's like he swept it with like what, ten nominations. Again? It was eleven <laughs> nominations and it won all of them. Well done. <laughs> yeah, well done. Basically, he yeah he filmed this huge movie, spent a three, and kept on like shoving it into the Academy's face and said, "Okay, fine, we'll give it to you, but this means no fantasy movie will win an Academy Award ever again." Until last year when Shape of Water won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it has a fishman fucking a woman. Of course. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> wow, this is such a different academy. That, Price uh, of the ticket right there, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this academy seems a bit more like what they've been doing. I think they're just back to basics more or less considering the nominated film. I mean, the film that won was basically about racism and two friends on a road trip. I mean, I wouldn't even yeah. say back to basics. I would say the Academy this year is kind of pandering to uh, sponsors. Let's just be super honest about oh, it. Okay, sure. yeah, but that, that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. Because, pandering. I mean, last year, they definitely lost a lot of viewers because it was it was a very boring Oscars last yeah. year. We barely talked about it. I mean, like, for us, like, I, Tonya, should definitely have gotten a little bit more attention. Yeah, why did I got no love at all? I but then we didn't mind three billboards, like, you know. Yeah. You know, we didn't and mind Shape, Shape of Water. Of Water. <laughs> so it's like, it was a great year, but it, it only felt like three movies worth talking about last year. Yeah, Whereas, I, I like, don't even remember what came out last year. 
But well, or like the 2018. Well, you Oscars. could always refer to the Last King Decree 2018, where he mentioned our favorite films. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also like you know, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh yeah. Ghost Story was pretty good. Oh shit! Yeah, Dunkirk mm-hmm. well, came out 2017. Speaking uh, of if, anyway. <laughs> speaking of anyway, I mean, uh, if not for Alfonso Cuarón winning. Who would definitely be your second favorite? Uh, Besides the favorite. Thing is, <laughs> the oh, favorite, right? Your girl's right. Yeah, because he's our boy. <laughs> the other three I haven't seen, so I can't say like I like Adam McKay's style, but I mean, I don't know if Vice is worth it. I mean, like out of Apparent- this list, Adam McKay, I think is the weakest. Yeah, I would say Cold War has been getting nothing but love. So I saw it. Uh, in terms of direction, I think it's extremely competent. I mean, for me, in terms of like uh, lowest to highest, it's definitely Adam McKay, then Spike Lee, then Powell, then it's just basically Yorgos and uh, Alfonso sharing top spot for me. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's strange because like usually you'll see something like best picture, and then like there's ten films, and then for some reason best director they still relegate it to the classic five. I know because mm. they think that well, probably they're right that the general public only care about best picture, mm-hmm. which is why they try to. Push for the awards into commercial breaks, and then, <laughs> but then you know all the interest people said you don't dare do that. Mm. But I mean, wasn't it 2008 when they finally they inflated it back to 10? Right. Mm. It was. Th- so. It was. It was year- after a snub that people were very angry about that they inflated it. To it 10. was the Dark Knight. Yeah. It was definitely 2008. Because uh, it was five, then eight, and then it became 10. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, and 10 is such a, a solid official sounding number, like top 10. Yeah. But then again, uh, out of the 10, four, only four to four is worth talking about. Mm. Uh, speaking of uh, worth talking about, okay, let's get right into it. So, so for best actor. So the teeth one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are I, your thoughts, boys? I like Rami Malek, and I think he did a good job of talking through those dentures, and apparently he sang as well. Not all. I think like the, the the live it. That's not him. That, the live it. That's Freddy. That they they just uh, touched he, up he Freddy lip-sync. stuff. Yeah. But I mean the earlier stuff I think was him, and I think that he put in a lot of work. So it's not. I'm not chomping at the bit furious that he won, but I mean Vigo fucking Mortensen. Vigo fucking Mortensen <laughs> should have won it. I agree. Yeah, he pulled a Christian Bale. He out Christian Bale's Christian Bale. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he also gained weight. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> and he put, put on a weird voice. <laughs> he put on, yeah, it was a very stereotypical voice for someone from the Bronx. But yes, there are people who talk and sound like that from the Bronx, especially in the sixties. <laughs> like, yes, it's a stereotype. Sometimes stereotypes are true. You know, get your hands off. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that bar scene a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think the only reason I would actually watch Bohemian Rhapsody is like obviously the Queen's Rami Malek. As no, no, I, I mean apart from that. Um, Is Rami Malek actually putting out a pretty good uh, Freddie Mercury lah per se in that film? But then again, that's probably the only good thing I can talk about. Say about. I mean, Rami like Malek. this is what I mean. This is what I want to say about Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury. It's a damn good impersonation. Yeah, but it's not like along. It's not the same caliber as something like Jamie Fox, who literally disappeared into the role of Ray. For sure, or like he is Ray, yeah. or like Val Kilmer, who really became Jim Morrison in the Doors. It's like you don't yeah. see the actor. Whereas for me, uh. Despite the effort, and the thing is, the fact that I notice him work, yeah, you know what I mean. That is the problem I have with it because the thing is, if you if you don't see the the, the strings, mm. that's when you know it's like a truly great performance. 
but I mean, the kid did what he could. It's his first nomination and win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so don't let it get to your head. <laughs> we still want more Mr. Robot, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, as I said, I'm a personal fan of Rami Malek. You know, good for him. But uh, this is not the one he should have won. Yeah. For the others in the list, I've not seen Atlantis Gate because it's only releasing in Singapore in March. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah? It's fine. All right. <laughs> but I mean, I'm a huge fan of William Dafoe, but he's done yeah. way better. Well, uh, yeah. Bradley Cooper is the weakest. I think out of this list. Yeah, I mean, it was a solid performance, but compared to everyone else on the list, I, I don't think, think Solid's yeah. gonna cut it. No, for yeah. at least for this part, you kind of need to be that guy to stand out to carry the entire for movie, sure. make it strong. That's Wait. why I felt like either it's either Vigo or Rami who wins it. I'll be happy. I mm-hmm. mean, if anyone else wins, yeah, we can throw a tantrum or throw a fit. I mean, yeah, I'm not that angry. I mean, I wanted Vigo to win. I wouldn't have mind if uh, Rami won it. Bradley Cooper, I don't know, like for me, I don't understand why people think that this is such a great per- like performance, but maybe I mean, because it's a personal story I or something so. very touchy-feely. A personal story that's been remade like four times? Yeah. Times, movie, yeah. It's a well-made remake. I really enjoyed watching that movie, Yeah. but he wasn't the strongest part. The strongest part was the music Gaga. and it was Lady Gaga's performance. Yeah. That was yeah. what really sold that. I would have given an entire category to Bradley Cooper for best actor portraying Sam Elliott. <laughs> that was like okay. that was like the best Sam Elliott impression because like when I walked into the theater, I did not realize that like I was wondering the whole time why is he doing a Sam Elliott impression. And then, and then Sam, Sam Elliott, Elliott comes out as his brother like, oh, oh, <laughs> now this makes sense. And he's like, of course. And he made Sam Elliott cry, which is very hard quite to an do. Achievement. Yeah, it is something. Yeah, because he is mustache nearly like curl up right. <laughs> So anyway, uh, speaking of curling up, <laughs> <laughs> we're curling up. We're curling one up for Olivia Colman. Now, yeah. who won Best Actress? You know, for the I favorite. I I I'm pretty secure in saying that this is one where all three of us agree that we, this yeah. is the unanimous who deserve to win. Pretty unanimous for yeah. sure. I mean, everyone else did a fantastic job. Yalitza Aparicio, yeah. For someone who has no acting background whatsoever, did a fantastic job mm-hmm. as Cleo and Roma. Glenn Close is just the, Glenn Close. the legacy win, yeah, uh, she... the legacy nomination, because Meryl Streep didn't do anything this year. Exactly. <laughs> we get the other one. We get the <laughs> other I, I think Meryl lady. Streep's Oscar is due probably in the next, the 92nd one. They take likely. turns, right, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take turns being, you know, the elder statesman of actresses. Stateswoman? Yeah. Even <laughs> number Meryl, odd number Glenn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lady Gaga. Good on her for pretending to not be from New York. Lady Gaga, I think... Nah, she, I mean, she's not the weakest. To me, the weakest would definitely be Glenn Close. Glenn Close mm. is... It's very obvious she, she phoned it in, but then again, that's no slight to her because even when Glenn Close phones it in, it's a spectacular performance. Oh, for sure, But yeah. she's not really pushing anything here. So, I mean... Yalitza... I mean, I don't know. It's like when, when I saw Roma and I saw her and I saw her portray her character... It is very hard for me to separate the actress from the character yeah. because it, sometimes you literally, I literally slip into it thinking that this feels more like a documentary. Like mm. I am, this is literally me fly on the wall paying attention to this family's life. And there's also, then again, like then you see her on the red carpet, like oh yeah, she's an actress. Yeah. Like, mm. But I don't know. It's like, do you know that she's younger than me? <laughs> sure. She's like what twenty something. She's twenty. Yeah. She's twenty five. Uh, yeah. Or mm, twenty, okay. 
I'm, I'm 26 this year. So I mean, yes, I'll 25. say this about her. It's like, she, I don't think she's like a master of her craft. But no. like, she was probably given the right direction and she was definitely guided by Koron. And I would say like, what she did in Roma is definitely one of the important cogs to that well-oiled machine. Mm. But it did not, I would say, it's, it's not something that deserves standing ovation. Whereas no. Olivia Coleman, like literally at the end of The Favourite, I caught myself clapping and like, this is one of the best performances I've seen in a long time. She perfectly captured a tragic character. A tragic mm. yet empathetic. Yeah. And also at the same time, god damn it, she was hilarious. Well, yeah, because <laughs> she started off as a comedic actor. You know, she's most famous for Peep Show and the policewoman in <laughs> Hot Fuzz. It, yeah, it's very. Oh lovely. yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was that. also in Broadchurch, which is one of the best loved detective dramas. In it's the one with David Tennant. Right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that's him post uh, Doctor Who. This is mistaken. well past Doctor Who. He stopped doing Doctor Who in two thousand and six. I think around there. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, but also at the same time, it's uh. I mean, you all want to talk about how sweet her acceptance speech was. It was so goddamn adorable. Like, you could tell that she went in thoroughly thinking, I'm never going to win this. Yeah. And she just came on and was just a flustered hot mess. <laughs> and I wanted to do nothing else but just give her a big hug and get her drunk. <laughs> she was probably drunk already. Oh, she probably already had a few. <laughs> you probably yeah. didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah hence, the, hence the speech. Yeah, I mean, the, the speech was, was wonderful, but also what I really liked was when she was getting up and they... Emma Stone gave her a big heart, also in tears. Yeah. So it shows everybody was crying. Her husband was crying. Yeah. Rachel Weisz was also in tears. Like, obviously, this was a group of actors who really got to know each other very well on the production, and the fact that there was so much support behind her to win is makes it extra special. I don't know. I mean, like when I saw the favorite, I I called it straight away that she definitely had to win. Yeah, I walked out. She was the standout. Yeah. Yeah, I walked out of the the cinema thinking, if she doesn't win, I will smash something. Of course, that would be very short-lived. Uh, Ooh, we'll just smash Olivia Coleman. Uh, no, maybe. <laughs> Dresses the queen. Uh, even with the foot fungus. Uh, <laughs> shit, even after the stroke, maybe. Even after the stroke, Ooh. especially with the stroke. That's when they tighten up. <laughs> <laughs> Only one side, though. Welcome to the Last King Podcast. Yeah, yeah. We love no you. No disrespect to her, obviously. Please, yeah, we love you. Please, She's royalty. Please, please yeah. don't take this the wrong way. We love you for, as an actor. You are just astounding. You, yes, you are yeah. definitely the best. You are. The, I was hands down best actress, well deserved. Yeah, um, I will not stop talking about the favorite. Fucking watch this movie, Last King fans. Yeah, please. this and Roma. Roma's on Netflix. Favorite? I don't know if it's available in your area yet. It should be available on digital soon. I think it's only making. You give around... it like another month, lah, maybe. Because like... it only arrived in Singapore last like, month. Yeah, last month. Yeah, I and saw it's it three, four weeks ago. And it's like entering its matinee phase, where it's yeah. just the one show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it did come out. I mean, I was lucky enough to watch it last year because I attended a film screening where, at the SFS, and I was like, "God damn, <laughs> I need to talk about this movie with you guys." Straight yeah. Away. Uh, but then again, let's go to uh, uh, the the next point of contention, boys. I mean, we have a little bit of a theme here: is uh, yay and nay. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, this is something I want you guys to really talk about. <laughs> I mean, I'm really interested about this. So, uh, we're here at the Last King. Uh, fancy ourselves nerdy types 
You could say that, and like you know, as we did a whole mini series about uh, the Marvel movies. We we did an entire mini series about the Marvel three, movies, yeah, four, leading five. up to Infinity War. Yeah, which I say is the best superhero film of last year, and then after that, we'll probably Spider Verse. Yeah, and then Aquaman, and then probably five other things before Black Panther. I'm Ooh, sorry, wow. <laughs> even Ant Man and the Wasp, <laughs> even Ant Man and the Wasp over Black Panther. Ah. Wow. No, no, okay, but. So, uh, you guys brought this up to me. So, for best visual effects, we have Infinity War. We have Christopher Robin. Huh? We have Ready Player One. Hey, which, hey, don't, don't which, those stuffed animals. They look really, really. I mean, they look cute. <laughs> they look yeah. cute. Yeah, sure. You know, Ready Player One. Amazing. I would have chosen Paddington 2 over Christopher Robin, personally. I mean, I'm more annoyed at the fact that Solo, a Star Wars story, which had some of the worst lighting problems. Yeah. You know, it's so it's dark. Like they forgot you to turn sh- on the studio yeah. lights in a How did screen. that get best visual effects? Yeah, we. Color correction, what's that? <laughs> well, I mean, the Space Kraken was cool, but that's about it. Nah, not as cool as the one in Aquaman, the, the sea kraken. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, who decides to win but Ryan Gosling in a tin can, apparently? Yeah. First man. First man won <laughs> visual effects. Thanos lifted up his hand and pulled down a fucking moon. Just to smash Iron Man. Yes. That happened. And it looked believable. It looked like it could actually fucking happen. Yeah, with these nominated uh, fantastical, I mean, at least one of them, well, fantastical films, we go to the one where it's about a guy going to the moon, more or less. Which is fine and all, but... No, no, yeah. no. Like oh, why the Avengers didn't win? No, no, no yeah. wait, wait, wait. L- let me rephrase that. Ryan Gosling is in a tin can on his way to the moon. On his way to the moon, yes. Thanos pulled the moon <laughs> down, <laughs> broke gravity... Just to annoy Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, just to stop him momentarily. There you if go. That, if that isn't the visual effect, I don't know what is. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, what's I'll... making me feel slightly better is that I imagine that Ryan Gosling is on that moon <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> so he's like... On his say, way, yeah. Yeah, saying goodbye to his uh, dead daughter, like, what's happening? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, Q Avengers theme. Da, da, da. Yeah. yeah, no, but definitely, like, what? Yeah, I mean... So, okay, I want to speak on behalf of myself and a lot of friends who worked in production and also in visual effects. I used to be a compositor. Ooh. I used to be a rotoscoper. And as cool as First Man looks, yeah, cool. I know exactly what filter you used to get that film effect you're also proud of. Yeah. I uh, think I got pissed off by that fake film grain filter. <laughs> it's like, why are you doing this? We know this wasn't filmed in the 60s. Because we, make it, we need to make it look vintage, not authentic. That's, that's, that's what I dis- uh, disliked about it. Like, and the highlight of the movie was when Apollo 1 went boom. <laughs> oh, that and the vomit rocket. That was quite cool as well. Yeah, but there's a sense of cluelessness when it comes to visual effects because there's something about, like, them choosing First Man. Yeah, sure, it kind of looks authentic. Oh, yeah, it's a very stylized version of something that NASA did better in For All Mankind. Yeah. No, because that's actual moon footage. But also at the same time, it's like, uh, I would say something like Avengers Infinity War, definitely, like, with the amount of work hours and the amount of artists and designers and, like, surfaces and animators, just to make, like, you know, Josh Brolin's chin look like a perfect testicle. I think <laughs> the stat is something like 50,000 people worked on Infinity War. You know? And see numbers. And I felt like, I don't know, this felt... 
I mean, Clueless it feels a bit like a slap in the face, actually. It feels With, like all this work done to make like uh, all these planets in Avengers Infinity War come make really lifelike and stuff, you know. I yeah. mean, it's not just making the CGI look good, just the seamless like immersive and uh, seamless making yeah. the crazy out there-ness of guardians fit with the more earthly tones of the avengers yeah yeah that's a lot of work dude it's that's, a technical miracle that it didn't look like a sloppy mess i mean like yeah. solo yeah like solo solo is definitely a, a sloppy mess christopher robin yeah it's fine i mean at the same time it's like you put winnie the pooh next to like ewan mcgregor yeah sure i can suspend disbelief I mean, but like Avengers, like I that's Thanos, he's right there. Yeah, I mean if if Avengers didn't win, I would have been okay with Ready Player One winning. Yeah, Ready Player One in terms I mean especially the race sequence. Oh, especially yeah. like Ready The Race to Shining, the last fight. Exactly. Yeah, like for me, Ready Player One deserved to win because as much as First Man mimicked like, you know, film green from the seventies, Ready Player One, frame by frame, color correction just like the fuzziness of the shot like they they matched Stanley Kubrick's The Shining just for a joke yeah and that that blows my mind like really you're not gonna acknowledge that well it's you know, because this is sad yeah the academy is filled of out of touch white men who who just don't respect the VFX artists yeah uh, for them it's always your oh that weird kid on the computer like not the real artist like the actor or the director yeah, what a I cinematographer! Mean, uh, nobody pays attention to the the people doing the, the yeah. grunt and peon work. And so, like, eh. one last thing I want to mention before we go into our snobs is, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody won three awards which it doesn't deserve. It yeah. won best sound mixing, which it didn't deserve. No, it won best sound editing. No, again, didn't, it didn't. And then it. best editing. Yeah, that movie I don't agree with it. Was a chopped up, uneven mess. Like, they spent so much time in the beginning with Freddie Mercury's bullshitness, and then they stormed through most of Queen's uh, over. I would say, like, the worst thing about, like, that winning best editing is, I can just point to this one scene in particular in Bohemian Rhapsody, which is, like, uh, the press conference in- interview scene. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then, okay. basically, how they tried to represent his um, paranoia and him just, like, not being able to deal with fame and the spotlight and all these journalists asking questions is bullshit art school, first-year film school, like, quick-cut editing, which, like, this feels so lazy and so, like, generic and, like, unimaginative. Oh, shit. Even when they first meet their agent, where there's something like 15 cuts for a two-minute conversation. Yeah, also. And then, like, you have also your uh, by-the-numbers montage sequence of writing Bohemian Rhapsody itself. Yeah, which... they could have done an entire movie just about the writing of that first album. Yeah, that would have been way more interesting. But also, at the same time, I would say... Nah, not, not, not for editing. Not at all. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody didn't deserve a single nod. But it got four. Because that's the world we live in. I don't know. Is it, is it maybe the 9-gag influence <laughs> that's finally rising? Uh, I don't know. I, because, I fucking hope not. I mean, there is this conversation I want to have about how the Oscars are so desperate to be in touch with what is, you know, popular amongst the mainstream. Like, pandering to younger viewers. To TV, yeah, right? because, yeah. like, everybody loves Queen. Like, Bohemian Rhapsody, like, uh, Freddie Mercury memes still live on to this day. Or like having Black Panther, like remember the entire the shit show of like best popular movie, so yeah, they can gosh. like include Black Panther, and then they thought to themselves, why not we just add Black Panther and like not mention even better movies? So, uh, 
I mean, it is a sign of the times because like Oscars are irrelevant. But the only reason that we pay any attention to them is because it is the only one left. I mean, like as much as I enjoy the Golden Globes, the Golden Globes are kind of like uh, controlled by the Hollywood foreign yeah, press. Yeah. And in this, at least, it is an industry award. It is definitely like you are nominated and you are voted on by your peers, people in the industry. Yeah, I mean the closest would be the Baftas, but no one gives a shit about the Baftas. Well, the Baftas gave the favorite best film. Yeah, because no, wait, best outstanding film. I like that that nom- that award. It's a very British <laughs> award. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the BAFTAs aren't even catered for like mass mainstream audiences. Well, no, they are catered for just for the British audience. That's why. I yeah, them. it's film, television. What's the other? And games as well British too, Academy and Film Television Awards. They have a separate video game BAFTAs, which is also better than the VGAs. Hey, I agree. Because it's yeah. presented by Darrow Brain, who's an, actually just a nerd who loves video games. There you go. And yeah. a comedian, so he's good. You know who would be perfect to host like the video game BAFTAs? Yeah, Charlie Brooker. Charlie Brooker knows what he's talking about. I think about. he yeah, might yeah, he does, do he does. at some point. Because he, he, w- yeah, he was a video game journalist for a while, so yeah. I'd be surprised if he did it. Dude, like, when he's not locked up in Netflix's headquarters writing uh, Black Mirror. <laughs> he okay. did a really good uh, top 20 video games of all time, that yeah. special, a while back. That was good. The, yeah. oh, are you talking about his games wipe? Uh, I think it's like a BBC special, if I recall. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's games wipe. After games wipe. I think it was after games wipe. After games wipe? I no. think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah to watch yeah so i mean speaking of wipes let's enter <laughs> star wipe <laughs> wet wipe <laughs> nose wipe anyway boys uh let's talk about the films that we loved and we felt were not only snubbed but people out there should really go out and support yeah for sure maybe we start with john yes all right all right yeah so when i looked at the documentary uh nomination list i mean i've only Heard of one, which was the one of the right clung, uh, right solo or free solo, yeah. free solo, free solo, yeah, yeah. Not Han and Solo, like, Star Wars story, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too many I was solos. Like yeah, yeah. I was like wondering why the hell wasn't Won't You Be My Neighbor nominated in uh, the first yes. place? It was a bit strange considering that it came out last year. A lot of people loved it. I mean, I especially loved it I after think watching it. Everyone loved it. Even people who yeah, yeah. didn't grow up with Mr. Rogers really loved it. Oh, I tell Ketu, I've never grown up with Mr. <coughs> Rogers. But I've seen the parodies, I've seen the I'm people making so fun of him. I am so afraid to mention how I grew up with Mr. Rogers just to <laughs> confirm my age again. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's... I grew up with Mr. Rogers. I understood the importance of story time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's... I mean, after watching the documentary, I was just looking back at the old shows like to see how it was presented in that frame. And... Jesus Christ, this is the nicest guy you've probably ever met in Hollywood or in show business ever. And but until the day yeah, he died. It's hard to believe yeah. he used to be a sniper in the Vietnam War. Yes. Killing him with kindness as the only meaning. I mean, like yes. him, uh, Bob Ross is like, who knew these were secret badasses? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Well, it turns yeah. out that the Mr. Rogers sniper story isn't true. Really? No. Of course not. But it's a fun little urban legend. Eh. Um, uh, but, 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 but coming to this, coming back to this, you know, like when... He, when the documentary is just talking about how the people like working with him, even under a budget, all that, even with all the sensationalism happening around his story, he just kept telling his, um, you know, his morals and everything all the way through while treating his audiences, kids including like adults, which I actually enjoyed watching about or watching about in the documentary. So yeah. it's just a bit, I mean, it's shot all right. I mean, I'm not going to give it A for cinematography or whatever, but in terms of telling what it needs to tell and framing, portraying the guy... As as for his legacy and everything, it's 
I'm just sick of surprised it wasn't even nominated in the first place. It's yeah, just sad. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I don't think it would it would have deserved to win because Free Solo is a harrowing experience to watch. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Nomination, but, yeah. that's the thing. I know? mean, I would agree with you in terms of subject matter. Won't You Be My Neighbor nails the truth of the story of the man himself. It doesn't seem to be like you know. It doesn't fall under the trappings of sensationalizing or trying yeah. to over like tell a story. But I also, I kind of also am on the side of if is the nostalgia factor as well. I mean, well, like, that's the thing. I didn't even grow up with the guy. I, I mean, mean, I again, I've heard stuff about him yeah, and the parodies. But I mean, but also at the same time, it's like you know, if if it wasn't for the nostalgia factor, there wouldn't be a documentary. And the thing yeah. is, if it wasn't, that, if, he, if he wasn't the sweetest guy in the world. Would this story be just as interesting? Probably not. Yeah, you know what same. I mean. Because it's like, say, let's replace him with, I don't know, who would be a perfect replacement? Who, uh, like Jimmy Savile? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like that would no. that would have a, a beautiful turn for the worst. That would be. It would be. <laughs> would you be my, my neighbor? And it would change into the Ted Bundy tapes halfway through. <laughs> would, oh wow! No, it wouldn't be. Wouldn't you like be like a my, total shift? He, he is. A disgusting human being. Yeah, like that was probably the m- biggest about turn of a celebrity I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah, but that would have been a much more interesting story because oh, then sure. you did have your sensationalist uh, finale, so to speak. Whereas when you see something like Mr. Rogers, it does kind of manipulate the heartstrings and it does manipulate emotions perfectly, which is why I would definitely nominate it in terms mm-hmm. of being able to make anybody cry. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, it's like. It's something about it feels yeah this is not hard to do you know what I mean oh no no yeah. there, there isn't much yeah. of a challenge like if you want to tell a sweet story about a man who was sweet like yeah it, everything will fall into place mm-hmm. you know whereas something like Free Solo yeah if, if your subject matter loses his grip that's the end of your documentary sir <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So like that's literally some of his life on the line right there. Yeah, so. although it would be kind of cool if that was how it ended. <laughs> <laughs> like halfway up, El Capitani just slips. There should have been documentary, probably uh, another horror story or something. Then he enters he, he best uh, documentary and best in memoriam. Yeah, <laughs> postmortem celebration. Yeah, I oh, yeah, yeah. I would not be able to watch Free Solo. Because I used to be really into rock climbing, and yeah. like, I still have nightmares of like I was on ropes and I fell once, and that was. That was enough. That was terrifying. Oh man. How many feet do you fell? Uh, not that far. A good like six, seven feet. John, he's from England. It's meters. <laughs> okay, fine. How many meters did you fell? I fell about one and a half meters and I slammed my back into the rock. Oh, yeah, that man. was not fun. It is. Yeah, fucking painful. Yeah. Mm. Alright, and another film I kind of want to bring up, which I'm surprised did not even get nominated for anything whatsoever, is uh, last year's Leave No Trace. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, no. I saw it. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful and well done. I mean, again, it's a simple story about it's, people re-entering society and sort of getting out again. It's, per se. I would say Joaquin Phoenix's best role in a long time. Oh, that that's a different film. That's I think you mean. Uh, that's you that's, were never really there. Oh, yeah, really? You're never really yeah. there. Then yeah, I yeah. haven't seen Leave No Trace. What's Leave No <laughs> okay. Trace about? Oh, Leave No Trace is about a, a guy who suffers PTSD, PTSD together with his daughter. Sort of re- reintegrating themselves oh, wait, back to society. I know society. what you're talking about. They are wilderness people, and then like yes. society forces them to kind of live back amongst like civilization. I've heard about this movie. And then they decide, you know what? Let's go back to the yeah. <laughs> to the forest. So yeah, yeah, pretty much. You finally saw it. The thing is, I have not been able to catch any screening of that whatsoever. That sounds like a more intense uh, Captain Fantastic. Oh, way more. I intense. think it, I think it might be out on an Amazon stream if I recall. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. Like, I mean, that's yeah. But the point mm. is, it's a well shot film. Well. 
I mean, again, it's mostly about the actors trying to portray this simple storyline. And the kid actor, I think it's Thomasin something. I wrote the name on my notes here. Uh, Thomas, ah, Thomasin McKenzie. She's, yeah, she's a really good actress under all that pressure, just trying to cope with her dad, played by Ben Foster. You know, Ooh. as he's trying to struggle, going in and out of the forest, living out there, and also finding what could be the salvation line in the end, you know, per se. How old is Thomasin? Uh, I think she's about... 18, 19, I think. Oh, okay. So it's not like a real young actor. Like... Yeah, yeah. But it's true. I think yeah. this is a first starring role, you know, in this kind of film. Yeah, I mean, it's I... not like a Daphne Keenan Logan going like, holy shit. Yeah, like, not that kind. Looking no, forward no. to see what you're going to do in your future. But at, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm just surprised this wasn't even like mentioned anywhere in the Oscars considering that it's... I mean, not just me. I mean, I not only do I like it, but apparently a lot of people did. I think it got like a pretty... Fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Last I is it an American release or is it uh, international? It's probably American release because I think the director, she was the person who actually found uh, Jennifer uh, Mystique. Uh, what's the actress's name again? Jennifer Mystique Lawrence. Uh, oh, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, she was the one who found Jennifer Lawrence in one of her films. Where did she, she find her? Winter's Bone. Uh, Winter's Bone. Winter's Bone. Thank you. Really? Yeah, the same director. Oh. Yes. Oh, if it's the same director, then yeah, I'm definitely interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Ah, damn, nah, she's the sticking to her wilderness uh, motif, isn't she? Bloody pretty hell. much, pretty much. Yeah, that's her life story, probably. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but yeah, we should definitely check that one out. Yeah. So speaking of what we need, what we should check out, uh, I still need to check out this movie. We're gonna talk about Hereditary yes. finally. Yeah. So Hereditary is probably a snub for two reasons. Number one, definitely best original screenplay, which they gave to Green Book, which is adapted yeah. from a book. So what? That's one problem I have. Another thing, Tony Collette should have gotten yes. a nomination. For sure, she should have gotten at least a nomination. Definitely. Nomination for Best Actress. Yeah. 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 Or, like, she was definitely the reason to watch Hereditary. And I do understand that the Oscars have a bit of a problem with horror movies, a bit of a problem with genre movies, seeing yeah. as how they gave Shape of Water an award. Seeing as how it's been a while since, I think the last horror movie to win was definitely what, The Exorcist? Get Out, right? Was it? Get Out didn't win. Oh, it, yeah, it won Best Director, didn't win Best Picture. It didn't win Best oh, Picture. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, Exorcist. Yeah, Exorcist was a while back. And that was damn, 73? So, yeah. Around there, yeah. yeah. And um, I would say in terms of something that was truly terrifying, truly original, and yeah. Uh, interesting casting, perfect casting with Tony Collette and uh, Mr. I think what, is it David Byrne who played the husband? Uh, Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel oh, Byrne. Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel no, Byrne. David Byrne's the lead singer of Talking Heads. My bad. <laughs> anyway, yeah. And also, uh, I would say Hereditary still has the best ending of any film of last year. And also, one of the most uh, defining characteristics of it is that for a horror film, it only has one jump scare. And wow. yet, it maintains to be not only thrilling and terrifying, but also it will scar your brain and your dreams after you finish watching it. Because that ending, boys and girls, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it because I'm pretty sure somebody out there in Last Kingland have never heard it yeah. or have seen it. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah, definitely someone out there. I, I will not it. spoil it whatsoever, but definitely hands down, uh, one of the best horror movies of all time up there in the upper echelons along with The Exorcist, along with The Shining. That's really high praise. It's extremely high praise because the thing is, um, a lot of people will compare this film to something like The Vavitch, which was released I think two or three years earlier. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of um, pacing, in terms of tone, 
I've but, heard some mixed feelings about the Vivich. The Vivich is fine. The Vivich has a very good ending as well. Uh, I didn't see that coming either. But yeah, also at yeah. the same time, uh, the problem is because you do you don't know the journey of the protagonist. Okay. So it's one of those films where okay, I'm already mentioning way too much right now. But the thing, what I love about Hereditary is that it's so good I don't dare mention anything about it. But it is the perfect way of like. I wouldn't even say plot twist, but how it puzzle pieces the story together in ways that is not only entirely refreshing, but also uh, as a film fan, as a person who enjoys attention to detail, as a person who enjoys savoring every moment of uh, screen time. Yeah. And if you're the kind of guy who pays attention in movies and not just like wait for the action sequences, I know some of you out there exist. <laughs> but if you were to really... Um, allow the movie like just really absorb all the details that it reveals to you truly one of the most satisfying endings in a while and the fact that it didn't get any uh, Oscar nods for Tony Collette or for Best Picture or for Best Original Screenplay I am willing to write it because Green Book doesn't deserve it at all for no, sure for sure because you know on a technical level Green Book was based on the book it was based on the life of somebody which there's been some controversy about whether or not it's actually a true book. Okay, I mean, but there is a book that exists. Yeah, but they written didn't... by the son of Tony. Was it adapted? So partly an adaptation. Yeah. I mean, but yes. was there any uh, confirmation of whether somebody bought the rights and they like the filmmakers own the rights to the story? I honestly have no idea. Mm. Okay, so a little bit of a investigative journalism will have to go into that right there. Yeah, I'm sure some other fresh hell will be discovered about Green Book just to really solidify how much of a poor choice it was for Best Picture. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it's, it's the stunt uh, nomination for this year. It's I mean, a safe one. After, compared to Black Panther, I call Green Book the stunt nomination. Yeah, I mean, nomination. after Moonlight and Shape of Water winning, it felt like the Academy saying, we have to restore balance. Yeah, we have to, like, let we need the kids to watch because we need to sell ads Yeah, on ABC. <laughs> Which is weird because they give the award to the one that only your parents will want to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of your parents, <laughs> that's a terrible segue. That's a horrible, horrible Speaking segue. of metal your parents would probably listen to, such as Black Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, this is a movie which I think we all loved a great deal and wanted to see far more love for. Yeah. Mandy. Fucking Mandy. Fucking Nicholas Cage. Oscar winner yeah. Nicholas Cage for, no. Academy Award winner Nicholas Cage <laughs> losing his shit with a giant axe in the best way possible uh, yeah we should we should yeah we should bring back the award thing we mentioned a while back like what Mandy should have won right our, our categories our personal categories well, yeah yeah the thing is this is where I would have had it nominated and it would have been a shoe in is best sound mixing and best sound editing god damn yeah because it's just one beautiful soundscape made by a fantastic um, sound mixer who unfortunately uh, overdosed earlier last year. Mm, so this was his last movie. And what yeah, a way yeah. to go out on. Yeah. Just this mad Icelandic dude <laughs> that was I mean, discovered by the director. I would say also, like in terms of like comparing it to what won, Bohemian Rhapsody basically felt like... It was the safest choice for mixing sound. Like, like if it wasn't Queen songs, yeah, and also at the same, it would time, have been nominated, yeah, or anything. Like or one, Bohemian Rhapsody is basically like a Hallmark Lifetime uh, biopic, one-hour special, yeah, with, with your Spotify playing in the background. Let's just admit that that's what it is. It was just 
not even just like bad in terms of like a bad movie. It was just it was so safe. Dull. It was just like, so generic. How do they make Freddie Mercury uninteresting? A gay man from Zanzibar, who, yeah, who sang in one of the greatest rock bands of all time, and who many revere as probably who one of the on great. Who wrote on the back of Darth Vader for a live show once? Who is without a doubt, hands down, the greatest live rock vocalist performer of all time. I will say that. Oh yeah, yeah definitely yeah. up there. You know, and it was at the same time, it's like, okay, uh, you can't make this interesting, but we give it all the awards. And then you give something like Mandy, which Where is... Where it's just... It was transcending, yeah. I would say. Just not only was the uh, sound perfectly mixed, but the way it perfectly just captured what was going on on the screen as well. It was yeah. like having the best LSD trip with just the right music playing at the right time. That yeah, just to just to accentuate that yeah. LSD effect. Shit, I would give it best original soundtrack as well. I would say. Yeah, definitely. Just <laughs> as a soundscape, it's a masterpiece. I would it say is. also like its ability to not only heighten the visuals on screen, but also to totally encapsulate the emotion and mm. that sense of ambience. And then all of a sudden fluctuate into a sense of terror and dread. And then just crazy, psychedelic, psychotic violence. Yeah. And it's so seamless because you don't realize that the music kicks in. Compared yeah. to something like, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody where, yeah, this is the part where they press this, they play the song and action happens. Yeah, it was basically yeah, the checklist of all the famous Queen songs. Okay, we've got Bohemian Rhapsody, we've got Fat Woman Girls, we've got Bicycle, la 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 la. This is just what are they going to do next? Mm-hmm. And shit, I would even do it for best visual effects because of that fucking tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tiger. You know, yeah, yeah, just for that tiger, best visual effects. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that tiger was CGI. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised. If, well, actually, I wouldn't be that surprised if the director was able to get a real tiger. It was a real tiger. Was it? It was. Oh the, my god. The green screen composited it. Of course, it's a real tiger. <laughs> Uh, amazing <laughs> yeah and I know like yeah I, I agree because like I think it's also kind of unanimous amongst us it's like between the favorite Mandy is the one film we all agree definitely needs way more love yeah yep. it's just one of the things where it was this little bottle film which Nicolas Cage agreed agreed to do because he doesn't say no to anything and he's not the best thing about it no it's everything else that surrounds yeah him. i mean he definitely he doesn't kick into gear until much later until yeah the yeah in the second mark. half of the film that's when you see nicholas yeah. cage at his nicholas cageist very reserved very quiet it's like this is not the nicholas cage i'm used to and when he yeah. does arrive yeah when he just does a screaming fit in the bathroom <laughs> like he screams so much he makes the cameraman like jump <laughs> We all saw that flub. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think it adds to the movie that flub. Not just, just like the <laughs> Not just that. I mean, it adds to. A, there's a certain rawness about it. Like yeah. it feels like when you discover like some a band that's about to be popular, like their demo tape. Yeah. And it is nothing but potential, and it's nothing but, uh, like its ability to just capture your imagination and see like what could be, what else that could be done with this. I mean, I agree with you in in terms of originality, like Mandy. Yeah, along with like uh, films like Hereditary, along with films like, I also give it to Climax. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, in terms that, that, of that would have got nominated. That should have got nominated for for foreign best foreign. Film. Nah, I yeah. think best foreign is actually pretty good. Yeah, I think the only thing I'm happy with Roma because uh, Climax was definitely an event of a it's, movie it's a for trip. me to watch. It's but one of the few trip. films that is an experience. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't necessarily an experience that I 
totally enjoyed. What? It was amazing, sir. Uh, <laughs> I would have actually like the, the, there was one movie I wish could have gotten nominated. It was it would be that Korean film Burning. Ooh, I've not yeah, seen yeah, that's that a good film one. was fantastic, you know. And that's it, a good that's a good choice. And it yeah. also at the same time, uh, the Oscars have a problem with the Asian uh, films. Yeah, what was the last Asian movie to get? Crouching Tiger, like, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, and that was ninety back in the nineties, two thousands. Yeah. Oh, 2000, 2000. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was definitely around 2000s. Yeah, that's the last film to win Best Picture as a non-English speaking film. I think so, yeah. Before that was definitely uh, La Vita Bella by Roberto Benigni. Which, was, yeah, I mean... Which is fine. Yeah. According to Italians, they don't like it. <laughs> I found out. Really? Oh. They think it's cheesy. Oh, the things you learn with an Italian girlfriend. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, okay, boys. This has been uh, an interesting uh, walk through the romp of the Academy Awards. Yeah, I mean, there's we didn't really watch it, so that we can't talk about, oh my god, did you see that scene? Because, look, I think I speak for everyone here, we don't give a shit about... The red the carpet. Yeah. What dress are you wearing? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, we we didn't see the premiere obviously, but we've at least seen like the acceptances. And yes, n- none yeah. of us pirated the Oscars in any way whatsoever. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. We like, just had to wait. Yeah, we didn't have a the... moment like Jennifer Lawrence being definitely too drunk getting her award and like <laughs> falling down going up the stage. Wait, did, I heard Remy Malik fell on stage, right? Oh, he fell after taking his award. He missed the, the steps and fell face first. Ooh, had to go to man. the ER. I, really? think he, I think he fractured his arm, yeah. Poor thing. Yeah, well, fuck it. He won Best best uh, Actor, so I think he'll, he'll be, be fine. fine. Yeah. No, but what... We can use that as a splint. This is what we need to know. Uh, is his teeth okay? Uh, well, I think uh, <laughs> I think those are long gone those veneers okay mm-hmm. so anyway that was Oscars 2019 here at The Last King uh, what did you tell us what movies did you think deserve to win uh, is Shafiq hating Black Panther too much <laughs> does Green Book actually deserve it I don't know let us know uh, but definitely we're, I'm really looking forward to the slew of movies coming out this year because I already have... We've already seen a few interesting uh, contenders. Battle Angel Alita definitely needs to get nominated for the best visual If you don't even get nominated, then it's just... Then I have to write because it's seriously... I think that movie should be fine because James Cameron is backing it. Oh yeah, no, James Cameron will just like walk into the Academy meeting room and just <laughs> stand there. With the, the same door. money he had from Titanic because he, he's apparently a very frugal man. He doesn't spend it on anything except submarine equipment. Well, Oh, he's got his but, uh, alimony he needs to pay. Uh, I mean, Linda Hamilton is not that expensive. No. But Catherine Bigelow no. is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, but hey, you know what? I'd love to also announce uh, Battle Angelita making money. Yes. It's mm. fucking profiting. Last King fans. This is like a worldwide thing, right? Yeah, All worldwide. It's worldwide is well. where it matters. Yeah. Because you know what? I don't really care about like the American audiences anymore because SJWs are like petitioning against the movie because Alita's waist is too small. Wait, fuck what? you. Is that what they're nah, saying? I think, I think that's, that's fake what news, saying. dude. Are you, I've not seen that. I think this sounds like fake news, Basically, man. I don't know. It's like, I've been in some, I'm in some pretty like left-leaning uh, Facebook groups. I've not seen a single word about this. The, the one of the biggest complaints is how sexualized Alita is with her small waist, and and then like she's a sixteen-year-old girl. That's how she envisions herself. Or maybe you know, as a cyborg warrior, maybe a smaller frame would make you harder to hit. There's yeah, probably some much. logic we can do, but also at I the mean, same there's time, logic in the manga. The logic actually applies. Or to yeah, the let's just film. say like yeah, I mean, that's what she looks like in the book. It's <sighs> like what. Okay, yeah, maybe she looks like that. She also is the most competent character in the entire movie and, like, shreds people in half with, like, the most 
bare minimum effort. Anyway, last game fans, <laughs> do not pay attention to, uh, do not Google sexualize Battle Angel Alita because it will hurt your brain. The amount of cancerous, idiotic things that people are saying about the movie that yeah. actually and celebrates powerful women. I mean, and you might actually open up divine art stuff too. So, yeah, you know what? Go watch Battle Angel Alita. Definitely, uh, the most bang for your buck you get in the cinema this season until. Uh, speaking of annoying uh, women, Captain Marvel's coming out. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, next week for, or the next two weeks. I'm looking so, forward to yeah. this one. Uh, I hope it doesn't do like the Marvel template again because like that would be really annoying. Well, I think they're gonna I think have Ten to do Bucks something. I think says it will, but it, at least we'll have a cat to you know. Well, at least on. we'll have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it'll I'll be it'll this. be a star of the show. At least we'll finally have a good female lesbian movie other than Wonder Woman. Hmm. Okay. So uh, with that, uh, let's be signing let's off. Let's be this jumping Oscar. out of this uh, episode. <laughs> yeah. Let's fly out. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, best costume design, Shafiq. <laughs> this has been best visual effects, etc. Tom. <laughs> and this is best documentary, Mr. Toffee. Signing out.